In sports, if you want to be the best, there are no off days. I do want to be the best. Well, we're well on our way, Chris Cato. Uh, welcome in to the No Off Days podcast, and I never thought this day would come. You know, the, the resilience, the you know, the stick-to-itiveness that it would require to be where we are today. And I just want to flash back in time. When we started this podcast, gas prices, they were 362. They're 354 now. The top song on that billboard chart. Sunroof by Nikki Yore and Daisy. Remember that one? Classic. Wow, what a hit. It was a simpler time. So this, uh, with exuberance in my heart, drum roll please. This is our 10th episode, ladies and gentlemen. That is 10. We are double digits. They said we couldn't do it. They said it couldn't be done. But we made it. Defying all obstacles. This is the Nod Pod. Welcome on in. Of course, joined by Chris Cato. I am Scott Smith. And let's bring in producer Brian King. The man who got us here. he, He was a visionary. A man well before his time, but here we are at 10, at, at number 10. We're double digits, BK. Vegas had us at seven and a half episodes, so <laughs> always take the over. over, always take the over. There we go. Let's hope that it gets to 11. I guess that will be based on what we have on today's program. You can't just one one show at a time. So Do we right have right. any dignitaries coming in to mark this day in some way? Is, there a, a, is the governor DeSantis coming well, by? To we, you know, we had hoped and we had been in communication with, uh, with Mayor Castor's office here in Tampa and Ah. um, I think she had something uh, something else to do maybe (laughs) a lunch meeting to descale her Nespresso or something like that I was hoping to get a key to the city but maybe that will have to wait until we get to 20 let's get to 20 let's get there all right wow okay one at a time so what do we got on today's program Uh, got the World Cup starting uh, next week this Sunday coming up so uh, Fox's Alexi Lawless will join us get his thoughts on the World Cup he is a soccer legend Yes. He, yes, he is. A music legend, too, I hear. He is. Yeah, so with that, I think So maybe we can him. ask him some questions on that. And then, later on in the show, I'm going to test you guys' knowledge <laughs> on nicknames oh and music. Okay? Nicknames we'll see how, and yeah, music. Yeah, they'll kind of cross over some. We'll see how well-versed you are with your nicknames and music. Okay, huh. are we talking like one-name one performers like Madonna, uh, you know, some of these Pitbull. Yeah, Pitbull. People that <laughs> That's have three episodes. <laughs> ne- ne- Almost half of our episodes we've mentioned Pitbull. <laughs> we, 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 I love it. We have to. Yeah. He sponsors us. Dale. It's a little uh, old time nicknames in baseball, and you tell me if uh, we'll just uh, we'll get to it. We don't. Okay. Uh, yeah. I don't want to yeah. give it away. Uh, pull it back a little bit. I will. Reel, reel that back I'm in. I'm worried about this already. Yeah. Okay. We we baited the hook now. <laughs> All right. Very good. All right. So that is what's coming up on the program. Thanks, BK. If you're listening, you want to watch. Go to fox13news.com/nodpod. If you're watching, you want to listen or subscribe. Just point the camera, your smartphone, right there on the QR code on the screen, and it'll take you to the Nod Pod splash page where you can click listen. All the shows are there. Uh, you can immerse yourself. All ten. You could submerse yourself. I'm not sure what the difference is, but either way, we want you to just get into the deep, deep waters of the Nod Pod, and don't forget to come up for air. That's when you become one with us. Yeah, that is. <laughs> and we've got you hooked. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> so. Click on that QR code at your own peril, I suppose. Uh, Chris, as we kick things off, uh, I think, you know, here we are through 10 games of the NFL slate and what we've learned uh, through the previous nine episodes and the previous 10 games of the season. Uh, I think we've seen, you know, a lot of role reversals, teams that were on the outskirts of the playoffs last year and some by a pretty wide margin are now in the playoff hunt and vice versa. So teams like the Dolphins, the Giants, the Jets, the Vikings, we're learning that these are pretty darn good teams. The Eagles. 
the, the Eagles, we kind of knew they were a playoff team last year, so they didn't really sneak up on a lot of people, maybe to the extent that they are good. Right. Although the 72 Dolphins can now, you know, tip that glass <laughs> of champagne. No undefeated season. Uh, playoff teams last year that we're learning are really not that good or average, at least to this point in the season. The Rams, the Packers, the Cardinals, the Raiders, the Raiders, not very good. No. Yeah. So The Bucks. Yeah, you going to throw mean, the Bucks in there? No, I, no. I think I think that we are seeing a Bucks team that is turning the corner on the season, and I think they're still going to win this division, even if it's nine wins. If we can play every game in Germany, the the rest of the schedule is is pretty pretty easy. We said them. that about the first part of the yeah. schedule. Too, so. <laughs> they did have like the easiest schedule. No, I think yeah. five of the last seven games are against teams that are below five hundred right now. So, okay. you know, the Giants last year they were a team that turned it over thirty times. Yeah. This year they've only turned it down, turned it over eight times. That's a difference. New York Jets, they had like the worst defense in the league last year. Now they're like a, a top three, top four unit in the AFC. Uh, Miami, two is playing out of his mind right yeah. now. The three yeah. games they lost were the three that Tua didn't play, didn't start. Well, he, he missed two games. He missed two games. And but I but I submit not to just correct you here for that for correction's sake, but I think he would be leading right now in terms of passing yards in the league right now if he right. hadn't missed those games. So and I, th- I believe that was one of your preseason predictions on on the play. It of was Tua. the one, the one I got right. Yeah. And for Minnesota, it's this fella Justin Jefferson. I mean, yeah. and we saw a play last last week that uh, is is incredible. It may go down as the best catch I've ever seen. Uh, and it, it happens on a fourth and 18. So, you know, to make the, the kind of the uh, the parts of a good catch, it's not just the physical, you know, the physical feat. It has to do with the moment in the game, that clutch gene. Yeah. And that's exactly what he did. He goes up with one hand, and Cam Lewis is is the the, the, the cornerback, yeah. the defender, who, who helped him. I mean, it was a it was a three handed catch, really. <laughs> but Jefferson only needed one one of his. I, I don't know if he helped him though. He kind of took it he, away from him. Well, he he held it. I mean, if if Jefferson's hand is not in there, Cam Lewis has both hands on the ball. So if Cam it's just swats it down, you're saying? Yeah, but it's it's these massive paws that Jefferson has, and and the ability to maintain control as he's leaping in the air backwards and then falling down, and his hand never comes off the ball. And as you said, on fourth and eighteen, had on to have it. Fourth and eighteen, had to have it. In in the craziest game, I'm confident that this will be the craziest game you see all year. Oh, I hope not. Vikings and Bills. It was wild. The crazy thing. Well, there are a lot of crazy things about that, but yes, they had to have it. They convert that fourth down. Then they get to the goal line and can't punch it in, which sets up just as – how often do you see an NFL team fumble a snap on the one yard? Never. It, that's like a college football thing that happens. Never. Right. Yeah. That game is over right there. Yeah. I mean, he, he's kneeling or, you know, taking the safety, and that's that's pretty much ball game. Yeah. I mean, that's the worst-case scenario, right? So, uh, it was a wild one, but, uh, you know, kudos to, to Justin Jefferson, who is just a – he's just a stud. Man. Are, are I mean, we prisoner of the moment when we say it's the greatest catch we've ever seen, though? I mean, I'm always a prisoner of the moment, but <laughs> I'd like you to – if I'm wrong, correct me. Is there Are there catches that you would say – top that I, I have a list it's it's funny oh, it's funny you, you bring up this subject you came prepared I, I believe that the greatest catches in NFL history the best ones are when you have to have it when the game is on the line like and fourth and 18 yeah or when there's a Super Bowl to be won and I sure. for, on my list I have Santonio Holmes game winner in Super Bowl 43 for That's the Steelers the toe tap in the corner yeah. of the end zone with 30 seconds left to yep. win a Super Bowl yep. I mean that's 
that, that's tough to beat yeah. when you win a Super Bowl with a Great catch. body control. The only problem is you see that kind of catch every week in the NFL. Not in that situation. Though. Not in the situation, but the physical feet. That's what right. I'm saying. You have to combine the moment in the game, how critical okay. is the catch, and then on top of that, the, the kind of the physical element of it. Okay. What about the Edelman fingertip catch? That was pretty Super, crazy. Super Bowl 51. Had to have it again. Had now, it wasn't it. game winning, but... This is the 28-3 to deficit that they're in, it's it, up there. Where, where every play, every every conversion is a must for the Patriots. It's that crazy where it's bobbled, and he dives back under it, and then he double clutches it yep. just before. That's a That was a had-to-have-it. David Tyree, uh, that that to me is it, it's up there. That's, yeah. that's one or, or two. Uh, he also catching it kind of with the assist of, of his helmet, but, you know, he obviously went up. To, to make a contested catch in a Super Bowl in a must-win situation. Um, but, you know, OBJ, the one-handed, leaning Against back. the Cowboys, that, sure. I mean, that's a classic. That's a that's a top three, easy. Immaculate uh, reception. You got to go top three, immaculate, right? Well, that was, yes. That was a walk-off in a yeah, playoff game. It, it, well, it's become the stuff of legends, you know, but I, I'm not sure that, you know, Anybody outside of Pittsburgh might still take issue whether or not that was actually a catch. No, I don't want to bring that up. I don't want to bring that up. I don't want to bring it up. I don't I don't know if it was a catch, but I don't want to bring it up. Clearly a catch. Yeah, well. It was in the good old days, sure too, when you couldn't review everything. Exactly. What, what if the immaculate reception happened now? Oh, we would no. stop the game. Yeah. There would be 13 reviews. They would reverse it. There would be a challenge. Well, no. they wouldn't call it a catch on the field, and then they wouldn't find enough evidence to, to overturn it. Yeah. So we would sit here, sit here in the, uh, you know, in the place of not knowing, I suppose. But. Well, thank goodness that yeah. it happened in 1972 and yeah. not now. Uh, Justin Jefferson, though, if he can continue on this track, does he have a chance to pass Calvin Johnson's receiving record in a season? Um, Calvin Johnson's record is just shy of 2,000 yards. Nobody's ever hit 2,000. So it was 1,964. 9, 1, Look at you. You're like um, just a savant. Yes. These numbers. Uh, these are numbers that just rattle around in my head. But right now, it, he would have to average about 125 yards per game. So it's a hefty task. But, I mean, that record will go down at some point because uh, we have a 17-game yeah. regular season now. So, And yeah. why not Jefferson? It yeah. reminds me of another guy that used to wear purple. Randy Which Moss. was Randy. Yeah. yeah, he's had a couple good catches too, I yeah. think. Just maybe a little bit shorter. Uh, Bucks game in Germany. That was uh, that was a fun one. It was good. Yeah. I mean, that, that was one that they certainly needed to travel 10,000 round trip miles uh, to Munich, Germany to play the first on foreign soil and then to come away with a victory. Uh, that is a memory that uh, this, this, these guys will never forget. I'm yes. sure the Seahawks would like to forget it, but uh, for the Bucks, they needed that one. And uh, and how about the fans? It, it, I mean, did it not make you want to watch a go over to Germany to watch a game? I mean, I feel like those fans appreciated NFL football more than we do. I, I don't even know how much the rooting interests were there. It was just like we're here for the event, celebration. They didn't leave after the game. No. Now did the two for one beer might have had something nah, to do with that. They're breaking into song. I mean. Oh. Yeah, country roads. I mean, I, you expect, uh, you know, stereotype, but uh, maybe singing along to Ramstein, Du Hast, or something like that. But country roads, well, that blew me away. It was a slice of Americana, man. I think they teed that, that up just for the uh, the NFL viewers in the States. Yeah. I think that's why they you did think it. think so? Well, I mean, it's not one of those songs that you think of, like, when you're in a crowd of fans that you get fired up to sing, right? You well, know, they take me home, country roads, to there, the place that I belong. There right? are West country- Virginia. There are country roads in Germany, though. Probably. I mean, I think I know they sing that song at West Virginia, yeah. uh, it, you know, for football games for the Mountaineers. But uh, outside of that, I mean, I'm thinking like best songs 
We are the champions. I mean, that's a confetti falling type song. But who does does any team or college have "We Are the Champions" as its sing along? Not I, no, I, not that I. That's know kind of. of a jock jam. I think <laughs> you'd have to be pretty, you know, basic, pretty good, pretty unoriginal. <laughs> I, I think you, of uh, Sweet Caroline, you know, at, the, at the Red Sox one. games, yeah. and I think some other, you know, some. Carolina schools and college have adopted it. And I think the German fans sing Sweet Caroline, too. They did. It was just a yeah. nonstop mix from the uh, – I, I think my favorite – I don't know that you call it a sing-along, but the fans do sing along with it. But if I were to take uh, – if I wanted to take, like, a European soccer fan, bring them to the United States to show them what college football is about, I would take them to a night game in Lane Stadium, Virginia Tech, for Inter Sandman. Mm. Is that not one of the best That's scenes? They, all the fans have their lights on, and when it kicks in, you know, enter, exit, light, enter, night, take my hand. Yeah, everyone's you rocking. You can't the, sing Metallica while wearing a Pearl Jam shirt. The state is, yeah. Well, I wore this shirt. I'm glad you brought this up because I was celebrating our 10th episode, and this, oh, is, this is the artwork from I the, should gr- have picked up on the greatest rock album ever, 10. By that Pearl is one Jam. thing you won't get a debate from me on. I am in total agreement. Thank goodness. Yeah, 10. Best <laughs> modern rock band or album ever. I don't know that Jeremy or Alive would go along as a uh, stadium sing-along. Oh, actually, you could. Uh, I'm Still Alive. The fans could sing it when your team is coming back, maybe in yeah. the third quarter. Yeah. Let's get that going. I like that. Uh, even flow. I mean, if you, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of like a third quarter song, like second second quarter. Things are rolling. Yeah. Um, maybe porch when o- you're about o- to oceans. score. Oceans. <laughs> we could go uh, um, deep. Yeah, wash. Uh, if there's a rain game, you go wash. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there, there's some good ones. Uh, you know, up the road at the swamp, won't back down. Oh, Tom yeah. Petty. That's I mean, a great, that's, that's a, kind of a, a new one. tradition that's already awesome. Yeah. And yeah. I've been in the stadium for that. And as a fan of the opposing team, I was singing right along with it. I mean, you can't go wrong with Petty. Well, and the local connection to Gainesville, I think it makes it all the more sweet. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, kudos to the German fans. And uh, we know that they will be playing now over the next three years, three more games. So one more in Munich and then two in Frankfurt. So uh, they're luring in those fans. And the Bucks they have the marketing rights, as discussed last week on the program. So uh, a lot of Buccaneer fans. I think they just kind of whet the appetite. If you go there and you don't win, you know, like the, yeah. kind of you have this marketing opportunity, you, you know, overseas. Yeah. You got to do it. Now so. all the red and pewter lederhosen will be selling off the shelves yeah. for, for the Christmas season. I think Tom Brady's got to at least play three more years. And try to catch another pass there. It, yeah, that might <laughs> yeah, longer cleats or maybe just don't don't go out yet. <laughs> don't try to catch a pass. Uh, college football week, uh, we got some rivalry games. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's some fun ones, too. And we always look at uh, – it's not – I wouldn't say it's rivalry week yet, but it is – uh, certainly some rivalry games. The Big Ten always has a, a, a ton of these. I mean, this week we have the uh, Old Brass Platoon. Oh, yes. Indiana-Michigan State. That's it. It's an actual – some of these trophies, they're the best in the Big Ten, right, that these schools play for, these they're regional trophies. Yeah. The Old Brass Platoon. <laughs> I wonder what the backstory is on that. I, I feel like there were some, you know, back in the day these teams met in maybe the early 1900s. Brian, why don't, why don't you do a little research on that? We'll, we'll touch on uh, Old Brass Platoon at the end of the program. I, I think a lot know, of yeah. them are objects, though, that people – found around the house and they said we need something to play for and some guy ran up there's an old oaken bucket right what one of the yep. games is for old the old oaken, oaken bucket. bucket yeah that's what is is that auburn it, no no these no. are big old, it's a big 10 is it a big 10 yeah. team okay yeah no, it's probably are, minnesota i feel like minnesota is in 
they do have something always for a, to play for. For a program that is not like a, an illustrious, like a, you know, one of the blue bloods. The I Paul guess Bunyan axe. That's a. I think that's a that Minnesota a good, game, uh, and that's an see. actual weapon. Like you, you know, you it get, is. That and would it's uh, about six feet tall, is it not? It is. It, it, I I think that would help you in some crowd storming situations if that came about. <laughs> no, that's that's a throwback. Uh, this week is also the Floyd of Rosedale. Yes, the pig. The pig trophy. This is uh, Iowa, Minnesota. I did do a little research on this. Oh, good. So I, I, I can't summarize all of it. It's it's way too in-depth. But it basically, I think it was back in, like, the 1930s that uh, Minnesota and Iowa, the governors, um, they basically said that, you know, whoever wins the game, uh, they would give the other a pig, like okay. an actual live pig. Right. You would want the real thing. And, and Minnesota, Iowa was like, well, but Minnesota doesn't have any good pigs like the you know like here in <laughs> like Iowa yeah the, it's like our bragging rights. we are the pig people yeah, yeah. come on if everybody yeah. has pigs uh yeah. so uh, but it was Minnesota that won the game and so Iowa had to send one of their hogs to Minnesota and they actually brought it into the state house I believe in Minnesota a live pig and they <laughs> they named it Floyd because the governor of Minnesota was let me see it was Floyd Olson so that and was- Rosedale is the town in Iowa where the pig came okay. from so the pig's name is Floyd, Floyd of Rosedale. They were throwing That's, shade on the governor, saying, yeah. here's a pig for you, governor. I, I he really, looks like you. I, yeah, <laughs> right. I really wish that it was still a live pig. That would that would be hands down best best trophy. Maybe right? it is dipped in bronze. Has anyone ever like chipped away any of the bronze to see what's <laughs> see what's in there? <laughs> Old pig bones. There could be some great it, great jerky, some well, great ho- bacon in there. I hope it does smell like bacon. That would make it the little brown jug. That's Michigan, Minnesota. Yeah. That's not this weekend, but the Paul Bunyan axe. It's Minnesota, Wisconsin. Uh, one that I did find, um, and I, now I'm going to have to find this game, and I'm going to have to actually watch it. It's between Concordia Moorhead and Saint Olaf. Both these teams in Minnesota. I'm guessing they're division, division two or NAIA. Okay. Uh, they play for the Troll Trophy. Have you seen this? Have you I, heard I, of it? I've not heard of either of those colleges you nah, just I announced. So, no, I've not. I didn't either. <laughs> just in doing again. Great research for the program. Uh, the troll is like, it's it's this troll doll. <laughs> not not troll-like with the hair. Like the with hair. the hair, no, yeah. No, no, not that. But it's like a, it's an old rickety troll, maybe about a foot tall, and it's on like just a slab of like a redwood tree. Okay. Something it like. Is, <laughs> it's the worst trophy ever. And for that reason, it's the best trophy ever. So I got to see this thing. Yeah. Sounds yeah. like something my grandmother would have on her knickknack shelf. <laughs> you know? Hey, you why should, don't you why don't you play for this? <laughs> this is good. Do we do we have grandma? To, grandma? Could, I, could I borrow your brass spittoon? <laughs> yeah. I'd rather play for this. I need that. <laughs> All right. So uh, as mentioned, World Cup is coming this week, and uh, a lot of excitement around this U.S. team, and we'll get into it here in a little bit with Alexi Lawless. Uh, but one of the stories that has come out this week is, you know, because this is taking place in Qatar and uh, there's different restrictions, different you know thoughts when it comes to alcohol use. Beer sales has become now a big issue. Okay. Budweiser has like a seventy five million dollar contract with the World Cup. And I guess the royal family in Qatar is saying, look, we, we, we don't want beer sales front and center. We don't really want to encourage right. know, mass drinking as you the heathens do in the states so right. they've now had to move it to like the outskirts they're hiding it you the have perimeter. to look yeah you have to look and and I, I know that those that are traveling to qatar will certainly look well first of all i could see that you know we have another difference here you're team qatar whereas i'm team cutter that's how i'm going to say it so you know we will have that we'll have that debate well, I, later i could have said curator 
but uh, you know. Well, we're, we're glad you didn't. But the interesting thing about this is, you know, eight stadiums, right, are hosting these games, yeah. and you're going to have eight stadiums full of beer thirsty fans. So as you said there, now beer cannot be sold inside the bowl of the stadium. They've had to move it to the perimeters, yes. uh, and they wanted it in kind of less prominent locations. You can still buy in the stadium Bud Zero, non non-alcoholic beer. I've never even heard of Bud Zero. And there's no reason to. Why would you want to? I, I mean, Bud Light doesn't taste good anyway. Do you really want something with no alcohol Wait, now, in it? Now, do we have, I'm not sure, do we have a multi-million dollar contract with Budweiser that you can say that? Okay, I don't think so. All right. Go. Well, we won't right. now. We just we, have to we, clear we, with we, our sponsors. Brian. Oh, wait, we have none. Yeah, Brian, Sorry. cut that out of the, uh, edit that out in case we get Budweiser <laughs> on our side here. Yeah, so, you know, now they're trying to get all this sorted out. Um, hopefully people can still find a cold one during yeah. the World Cup. So it's it's Cutter. You're saying no, I'm no. There's a big. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying I'm wrong. I'm saying there are uh, for Americans there are two factions. Well, but there's only one pronounced. name. There is. So there's either two mispronunciations or one of us is right. No, well, for Americans we're all wrong because it's made up of syllables that do not exist in the English language. Mm. I did as you did a deep dive on weird trophies last <laughs> night. I was doing a deep dive on how to pronounce Kerr. So wait, and hang I can't, on, I, hang can't, on. I, can't, I can't make my tongue do it. Let me wait, let me loosen up like here. Like you roll it, hang on, hang on. Like a kara, kara. There's a yeah, there's a and the second syllable is a. You're a little, and so you're. It's a, but the first syllable isn't a cute cuss sound. It's more of a like a get, guitar. Think of guitar. 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 It's like a growl, basically. Guitar. Okay. Welcome to guitar. Good luck finding a beer. Imagine having to say that every time. I mean, I feel like I've offended people. No, with, with I, it's my, a difficult I'm, name to pronounce. Um, but let's go with cutter. Favorite cutters. Favorite There's cutters. cutters. There's a lot of cutters. Cigar cutters. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. How about box cutter? Where would you be if you if you were ever to? I wouldn't you, be able to move. If you've moved, you've got all these boxes. Yeah. You got to break them down. You got to open them. You got to have a good box cutter. Dirt cutter. He's good. He's doing a great job now as offensive coordinator for the Boise State Broncos. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Gabe Cotter. Gabe Cotter. Okay, yeah, you're taking the, uh, some the liberties now. Wisecracking teacher, uh, founding member of the, the Sweat Hawks. Mr. Cotter. Yeah. How about, um, as far as cutters go, uh, Rocky's trainer, Rocky Balboa's trainer, Mick. Cut me, Mick. Cut me, yeah. If okay. Mick hadn't cut Rocky, he could not have gone to the gone the distance with Apollo Creed. That's true. You know, Lenny Dykstra's son is, uh, is named Cutter Dykstra. Oh, does he throw a cutter? Which is a great fastball. No. If you can throw it, hard yeah. to throw. A filthy cutter is... From cutter. Yeah, Mariano Rivera. Yeah, yeah he knows a thing that. or two about that. Yeah, so, no, uh, Cutter Dykstra is married to um, Jamie Lynn Sigler from The Sopranos. Okay. Yeah. I've done a lot of research You have. Uh, Cutty Sark, that's a good scotch whiskey. Okay. So, that's that's one of my favorite what cutters. What about uh, half guitar, half keyboard? A sitar? <laughs> Kitar. Oh, is it called a kitar? Kitar. Yeah. Oh, wow. What's a sitar? I, and isn't centaur. It, isn't it pronounced sitar? I think it is. All right. Enough of the shenanigans. How about what, a do you, what, do you, what do you say we actually talk soccer? You want to do that? You know what, Scott? I'm going to confess something here. Yeah. And maybe this should be edited out of the show, too. I struggle with the World Cup. Okay. I, I didn't grow up around soccer. It's one of those sports I try want to participate in in terms of being a fan because I see how exciting it is for other people. So this is my, you know, once every four years, I try to play catch up and, and get caught up in the excitement. But 
I'm not going to be much help to you on this show when, well, it, first, when it comes to understanding. I, I think it's totally understandable okay. because, you know, I think there are a lot of folks that do follow the national team and they follow, you know, maybe Premier League soccer or MLS here. Uh, but if you are not one of those, then the World Cup is you, you kind of learn on the fly. But, you know, your, your team has to actually qualify for the World Cup. I haven't and the even, U.S. did not do that four right. years ago. Yeah. You got to get out of group stage in order to kind of build a little bit of momentum. And I think I think. And we'll get into it with Alexi, but you know I think that you're going to start to become a fan and be able to follow this national team. I hope they're so. young, they're talented, and if this year doesn't work out, there's there's thoughts that when it comes to the to the state side in four years, that that they might be primed to make a real run at it. So, okay. So I, I'm just saying, be patient. I I totally understand, and and a lot of people will have to learn this team on the fly. But uh, Christian Pulisic, that's the that's name the you need, need to know. know. Yeah, I've seen he that one. The leader of the team. Okay. Yeah, I haven't even sure. watched Ted Lasso. Isn't that sad? Like I, I haven't. Just, I haven't either. Well, well we should do that. Sad, <laughs> sad admissions right here. All right, let's get into our interview. What okay. do you say? Well, we are joined by a soccer legend and an analyst here on Fox. Alexi Lalas joins the program. All right, Alexi, I'm coming right out of the gates, right after you. Okay. Hagar or David Lee Roth? David? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, listen, I, I love Sammy solo. Incredible solo. And yeah. look, he, he did great stuff with Van Halen, but if I have to pick... Van Halen is always going to be with David Lee Roth. Sammy's despite, more of the despite the uh, dysfunction, despite yes. the dysfunction. Of course, uh, I, I see that we at least have two in the background. There may be three that I'm seeing. The guitar collection. I, I, I've heard many about many things about it. What, what's <laughs> what's that number up to? I continue to amass guitars. Um, there are a lot that are in storage right now, either on the premises or off the premises. You can only play one at a time. And uh, yes, a lot of them, some or some of them are for show ultimately. But yeah, I, I continue to uh, write and to record and to perform. Actually got a new album coming out, uh, Melt Away it's called. And it, uh, for all my three fans, including my mom. So anybody <laughs> out there that wants to check it out, uh, you can find it at all the different platforms out there. Very good stuff. I, I, one more music question, because I know that you you once opened up for for Hootie and the Blowfish back in 1998. Yeah. Did yeah. you have hopes of becoming one of the Blowfish? Uh, I mean, listen, there are a, <laughs> a select few of the Blowfish there, and it's a very like I said, a select club. Yeah. So I was just on the periphery, and you know, obviously the opening band, and so you know, every once in a while I'd scream and yell and get into the inner circle there of the Blowfish ultimately. But listen, they took us out on a, uh, a European tour. It was awesome. We had a wonderful time. They treated us great. Um, you know, we played some music and kind of kind of saw the world from a different perspective relative to the soccer world that I was seeing. So it was really cool. And like I said, I continue to do music it's been in my life since i was a kid and continues to be a part of my life even though i'm not kicking the soccer ball anymore music is huge huge in my life a man of many talents all right alexi let's talk a little u.s men's national team uh yep. young talented but what questions do you want answered as we get ready for this uh opener against wales yeah, so listen, uh, you know, the, the World Cup is upon us, obviously in a very different place in Qatar, uh, but also at a very different time. The good part is, uh, as opposed to the last World Cup in Russia, we have our U.S. men's national team back, and we are going to be all over it from a Fox perspective and give everybody a healthy and steady diet of U.S. men's national team uh, coverage. Um, this is the youngest team at the World Cup. And, you know, listen, we were all young once. <laughs> I was more young once. <laughs> and you do stupid things when you're young. So at times, individually and collectively, they're going to do, you know, dumb things. But I think there is a an ownership 
and a recognition of the opportunity of the World Cup. Obviously, they didn't qualify last time. And for me, that's the biggest failure in U.S. soccer history. They've kind of said, well, not on our watch. And they checked the box of qualifying back in. And they want to do some big things. And, you know, to your point, there's incredible depth of talent. A lot of these players, you know, when you're talking about Christian Pulisic uh, playing at Chelsea, you're talking about Weston McKinney playing at, U, uh, at Juventus, Brendan Aronson and Tyler Adams playing at uh, at Leeds. You know, all of these different places, uh, these players that are incredibly talented, that are playing at some very, very big teams and some very, very big leagues. That's all fine and well. But I don't want us to let them off the hook simply because they're young, inexperienced, and back to the World Cup again. Because, listen, we've qualified for the World Cup. We've gotten out of our group. You mentioned the group uh, with Wales, Iran, and England. That is a group that this U.S. team, despite their naivete, if you will, uh, and, and an experience, they should find a way to get out. Because this group, unlike you know myself back in the 1900s, the previous century when I was running around, <laughs> the pathways that we have given this group, the opportunities, the resources that we have given this group, that comes with elevated expectations. And so I don't want to let them off the hook simply because they're young. And look, I think that they are going to make us believe again hmm. in this men's team. And that ultimately is their job. Well, you mentioned that youth and it could be an asset because maybe you, you don't know what you don't know and you're yeah. young and you know ambitious and you can get out there and just play lights out. Uh, but I, I do wonder what the nerves are like because these guys, they obviously have plenty of matches under their belt, but to play on this stage, uh, I mean, you obviously can relate. What is that like to be playing for the World Cup? I mean, I think it's, you know, how you embrace it and how you um, you harness that, right? I mean, look, I'm talking to you today because of the 1994 World Cup. Some mm -hmm. of the people that are listening and watching weren't even alive back then, okay? But I lived the power of what a World Cup to, can do to an individual. And even going into it, I recognized and respected that power. And once again, I saw the opportunity. I think if these players see the opportunity to do something great, something that, I mean, because look, these players are playing at big clubs. They're making a lot of money. Yeah. They are famous, uh, but it doesn't matter. that All that fame and money and who you're dating or married to, all that kind of stuff, it doesn't matter ultimately. These are, these are young players that were very, very young when they first started watching the World Cup. And they will have this as an ambition and as a goal and as a dream to play in the World Cup. And don't don't let it go to waste. You know, use it and milk it for all that it is worth. And I hope that they do that. Alexi, just one slight correction. We're talking to you because you opened for Hootie and the Blowfish back in nineteen. Of course, okay. Just to make sure that's out of the way. But so you mentioned, hey, let's not let's not lower the the expectation for this team. Right. But I mean, if you were to take a big picture look, what? How do you quantify success? What would that look like for this team that really many believe have have more of an eye toward twenty twenty six when when the cup's here? Yeah, I think there's a danger in constantly talking about 2026. And look, I'm as guilty as anybody, and sure. it, it's understandable, right? 2026 is going to be incredible as the U.S. hosts it, along with our friends up north in Canada and our friends down south in, in Mexico. Having said that, whatever success we have in 26, I think it is going to be predicated on what happens in 2022. And again, I don't want to use this as a dry run for 2026. And you should expect your men's national team, despite the age, to find a way out of this group. There is a pathway out of this group. All right, so we're talking about uh, England, Iran, and Wales. The first game, 
is against Wales. Yeah. You got to win that game. Okay. Yeah. We can beat uh, Iran and Wales. Those are winnable games. And you take your chances against England. And look, it would it would warm the cockles of my redheaded American <laughs> heart to beat England anytime, anywhere, in any sport. But it's still an elite team, so things can happen, and and that would be great. That would be kind of kind of gravy. But those are the but the the problem is is that both Iran and Wales are looking at the U.S. and whoever the other the third one is as in the same way. And so there's this back and forth going on where people are, are looking at we're going to amass points against the other two, and then everyone's going to kind of take it take, take their chances against England. But that England game, by the way, on Black Friday yeah. on Fox is going to be in. Incredible. A lot of people obviously uh, tuning in. And look, U.S. US England with our history both on and off the field is just uh, it's I'm salivating for that game. Well, I do want to kind of go back in the Wayback Machine. Let's go back 94. Last time okay. that the World Cup was here hosted in, in North America. And, you know, you're able to step into these venues. What was the electricity like inside those stadiums? So the, the first thing is, you know, having grown up watching sports, there's always and there had always been a um, a soundtrack. And so the, the thing that freaked me out the most was I, I, I vividly remember this, even though it seems like yesterday, even though it's a long time ago. I remember walking on the field and being freaked out that there wasn't the, the you know, the soundtrack and, you know, the the or orchestral type of um, swells going on. And it was just like this dead not dead silence because everybody's screaming and yelling, but there was no music and, you know, everything goes back to music with me (laughs) and that there was no under, under, uh, you know, soundtrack going on in the background. And once you get over that, that's cool. Then, you know, you realize that, and and the sooner you realize the better off you are and whether it's, you know, me back then, or, you know, these players that are going to go out this summer, the quicker you realize that it's the same game that you have been playing from a very young age, the better off you are. And let's be honest, there's a lot of teams and players that take a while to realize that because they are awed in that moment and they are bowled over by the monumental, you know, the thing that they are going through. And the sooner that you realize that, listen, you got to get on with it and the ball rolls and you, you, you play the game that you have, you have played and there's a, and, and as the sooner you accept the fact there is a reason why you're walking on that field. It's yeah. because obviously you've done something good in the past, the better off you're going to be. From the international perspective, you have stars like R- Ronaldo and, and Neymar and Messi. This, this could be their last World Cup. Does that, does that add a little bit more importance? Yeah, I mean, you know, one of the great things, you know, what I believe is the greatest country in the world in the U.S., one of the the great parts about our country and what makes us great, I think, is our diversity, right? So while at Fox, we certainly have a responsibility to talk, uh, and we will, uh, give you a steady diet of U.S. men's national team because they are in the tournament and they weren't last year and now they are. Um, We also have a responsibility to all of our viewers because there's a lot of people that are tuning in that have, yes, their affiliation from a U.S. men's national team, but also all of these different other 31 teams out there, let's be honest. And so there's so many other stories uh, apart from uh, the U.S. men's national team. And like you mentioned, it, it is possibly the, you know, the end of the line from a World Cup perspective for Cristiano Ronaldo and his Portugal days and obviously uh, Lionel Messi and Argentina. Uh, I, got, I got Brazil winning it. Uh, Argentina is a very close second. And I, I don't think you can go wrong with either of those teams. Argentina is really interesting because, you know, me, uh, unlike Cristiano Ronaldo, Messi is kind of heading off into this incredible, you know, golden era here at the end of his career. And he just looks at peace. He's playing some of his best soccer that we've ever seen. Um, 
there's a balance within Argentina. They won Copa America, so they kind of checked off that big trophy box. So they're going to be really interesting to see. And then Cristiano Ronaldo, another, you know, arguably one of the greatest players ever to play the game, coming with Portugal. And I think the same questions that we're seeing with him now with Manchester United is that, you know, it's not a it's not a dirty little secret, but are you know, it's a it's a question. Are they better ultimately without him? Mm. I don't necessarily think so when it comes to Portugal, but listen, those guys are always going to draw a lot of attention and a lot of oxygen out of the room because, let's be honest, I, I, this is probably the last time that we are going to see them from an international perspective yeah. playing in a World Cup. Is the uh, Melted Rocket uh, pop there on the T-shirt, is that the album cover? It is. It is. Beautiful. Well done. It is. It is actually. So uh, yeah, like I said, you uh, you or anybody out there, and my mom uh, can pick that up next week. <laughs> All right, we'll end it with this. If the U.S. men's national team was a Van Halen song, would they be right now? Finish what you started. Where have all the good times gone? Um, it would probably be right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and while you know, notwithstanding my uh, my affinity for uh, for David Lee Roth, uh, it's 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 right now in that, you know, Sammy's a great writer. Okay, yeah. and the way that he crafted the lyrics to that song and made it so specific and 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 obviously right now and, and it goes back to what we talked about i don't want to talk about or think about 2026 even though we are and and i'm as guilty as anybody else out there so it is right now you have to do things right now in this world cup and you have the capabilities and the talent and even though you're young we all know that you're going to make you know, young mistakes out there, but there's also a, a youthful swagger out there that say, hey, this is your time. This is your place. Do something great and make us believe again. Well, he is a true renaissance man. Go out and get his album and, of course, tune in to Fox to watch him throughout the World Cup. He is soccer legend Alexi Lalas. Alexi, thank you so much. Thank you. The multi-talented Alexi Lalas. I mean, the guy can do it all. Apparently so. Yeah, let's bring in BK because I know that he's quite passionate about the question I posed to Alexi off the top. Um, Sammy Hagar or David Lee Roth for you, sir? Uh, who does Cato think that I am? Uh, I think you're Team Hagar. You're Van Hagar. Um, it's not Van I Hagar. Already, but... I already know the answer. Yeah. Uh, see, his defen- see how, see how hey, look, you, he's you already, touched a nerve. He's already going into a <laughs> it's hole. It's not Van Hagar. <laughs> it's not, but it's, it's Sammy. Sammy's, it's Sammy made the band, the band better. But David Lee Roth was a better showman, just but like you Alexi say, said. But David Lee Roth made the band. So there's the guy that makes it and the guy that makes it better. Well, he's but a, it's like... It's the baton handoff. It's, can yeah. they, can I we, mean, do we have to be divided on this? David this? took the band as far as they could go, and then Sammy took Ooh. them further. Okay. And so, I mean, it's... Took it, them further. Okay. I'm it's actually like, Gary it, Sharon, the third singer they had. <laughs> <so> like, <yeah. laughs> it's like Drew Bledsoe. You know, he took the Patriots as far as they could possibly go. Right, and then you know some guy came along. Brady Hagar came along, barely got and, into the finish line. And he says, line. "Look, you know, I, I'm a better songwriter." You know, right. there we go. So, so you're, go, you're you're team Van Hagar. I don't know well, enough to argue with Brian, but I just know that I like the sound of some of the songs they had with David Lee Roth better than the sound of some songs they had with. It, it was uh, a Hagar. different, a little bit different time too. I think yeah. they captured that. Right. You know, much like your band Pearl Jam here, that 
you know, in in the '90s, in the early '90s, there was a different sound to the band than right. you know right now. Kind of evolved yes. with the ages, for better or worse. Some for would worse, say. probably. Yeah, all, always all improving. Would say. Yeah. All right, so you tease it off the top of the show, BK. Uh, well, we have a fun little uh, quiz. Well, for. first, you want the brass spittoon? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot about yes, that. Yes, do you have one? Do you yes. have a brass spittoon in your cubicle there? I do not, but... <laughs> you should. <laughs> you made me work during the show. Normally, I'm taking a nap right now. Ding! Uh, Ding! Uh, it originated back in 1950, so it's really not that old. And uh, uh, Michigan State was coming off a win over Notre Dame, and what the student body president said, oh, you know, we don't want to let down with Indiana coming to town. Let's come up with some trophy. So they went out to a local store, some like pawn shop type store, mm-hmm. and found this old rusted up brass uh, spittoon. And they well, said this would be perfect. What was the practical use of a spittoon? Like, why was that practical the thing? use? What's more practical than having something to spit in? <laughs> like, where else are you going to put your tobacco juice? <laughs> but it's, they wanted something know. unique. I don't know. Is it like cups, like normal? Well, well they, they, they kind of came up with a story with it that when Michigan people, Michigan. Anders, I guess, and Indiana people would go on hunting trips. They would pass this little trading post shop, okay. and because this was a, this spittoon was from the 1800s too, oh, so it's, wow. a, it's an antique. And they say that they would use that spittoon, both Indiana and Michigan people. So that kind of brought the tie of the two teams together. But this poor spittoon wound up in a pawn shop too. Yeah. Like, well, it, I hope that the family that originally owned that spittoon is getting royalties. Right? No, they pawned it. They deserve nothing. They <laughs> gave no. Never give up your spittoon. You know what and, happened? And never pawn anything, or else that thing might become a trophy. Or m- most importantly, don't do like the Stanley Cup and drink out of it after a victory. You, you don't, you don't, don't drink want to do that. <laughs> they should dump the spittoon on that losing team. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of a Gatorade <laughs> bath, you get a tobacco bath. I like it. All right. Well, oh, man. it's never the, too late for a new tradition. The right? plastic bottle killed the spittoon industry. Plastic bottle comes along and you got people <laughs> walking know. around with their... <laughs> Bring it back. <laughs> All right. Uh, the other night I was just looking around, killing time on, on the internet, and I oh. came across all these old-time baseball nicknames. Weren't nicknames just better? Back in the day, it just seemed like. And oh, yeah. I thought so. You know, Babe Ruth was, I mean, come on, Babe. That's a great nickname. It and, is. Uh, George. Yeah, thanks. And uh, <laughs> uh, For those so, who don't know. George uh, Herman, right? That's correct. Uh, anyway, I started going through all these lists of names, and then it just occurred to me that these nicknames, if you didn't know any better, they could also be the same nicknames of some of these old blues music, uh, musicians now back in the day. That's a good poll. That's right a there. Brian Keene connection. Well, there. I'll tell you this. If if the name is Red, baseball player. Okay. Yeah. Red. Well, yeah. Maybe that, not. I don't know. You we'll can go both ways. I'm curious how many Reds played baseball. How many Cincinnati Reds? <laughs> no. A few have. Yeah. Well, you want right. I tell you what. You want me to give you some of these names? Yeah, and then you two decide. Tell me if they're baseball player. Or a blues musician, okay. okay? Here we go. Okay, first one up, Papa, Charlie McCoy. Papa. Musician or a baseball what, what, player? Is it, do we have like a genre of music? What's, they're all blues. They'll all be blues singers. Okay, that's definitely a blues singer. Papa? No, uh, I'm going to go baseball. He was the first big poppy. They just called him <laughs> Papa. <laughs> no, man, that's, yeah, play that smooth, that smooth blues, Papa. Big Throw Papa. that cutter, Papa Let's Charlie. See, Sean. Come on. Pop Come it up. On, Papa. Papa McCoy. There he is. Oh, man. What is that? Is that's that a, a that's the Utah you were talking no, about that's earlier. A, that's a, here's a good, cool story. He played for the. He's from Mississippi. Played for the Mississippi Hot Footers. The Hot the, Footers. Yes. That could have been a baseball team I too. I love that. How name. cool is that, isn't it? Yes. But he recorded under the name Tampa Kid. 
Really? Yes. Why? How cool is that? So he's from it, from he Mississippi, is, okay, but no What's connection. His tampa? To, no Tampa. Tampa just kid. I guess that's Tampa where he, kid. That's was, where he found that guitar. Yeah, that's the time. Like the name. I like the the Hot Footers could have been a blues band or a baseball it, team. Well, now I'm thinking about Apple Fritters, and I'm really, <laughs> I'm really hungry again. <laughs> okay, here's number two. Yeah. Don ears mossy. Ears. Ears yeah, that's mossy. Base, that's baseball. That sounds like a name that, like, you know, he's getting razzed by his teammates because he's got big ears, so they stick out. And, and I, yeah, I think it's no. He's a percussionist. <laughs> he had a great ear for music, and they were like, "Hey, they had this." Their first drummer was just like way off beat yeah. all the time. Yeah. They were like, "Bring ears in, have ears do a set." And he, then it he's took not off. very good at playing, but boy, yeah, he can hear it. He can nice, hear it really well. Let's yeah. see it, Sean. And it is baseball. Oh yeah. darn! Yeah, I'm right. wrong again. Pitcher during oh, the fifties and, and the sixties. for the Tigers. Played for the Tigers. Played for a few teams too. Jim Bouton. Once I don't said, see why they called him years. <laughs> <laughs> for our audio audience, you'll Jim have to tune in. I guess. Bouton once said that Mossy will like a cab driving down the street with its doors wide open. <laughs> oh boy. Yes, indeed. Those were the I good old days it. when you could mock people's physical differences. He was a was he a pitcher? Uh, he was a pitcher. Yes. Yeah, a lot of pine tar behind those yeah. ears, baby. Mm-hmm. So ears Mossy like the guy. Okay, next up, how about Bucketfoot Al Simmons? Bucketfoot, musician. Yeah, I'm going to say bucket, <laughs> Bucketfoot because he would he'd always prop his foot up on the bucket while he was playing his sitar. Right? <laughs> I, I'm going, this is a baseball player. He uh, once came to bat after stepping in the spittoon in the dugout, and his foot was stuck. He had to take the entire bat every pitch hang, with the bucket. I'm, I'm going to change mine. Uh, he's a jazz uh, clarinetist, and uh, he has an elephantitis in his right foot. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm, I'm going baseball with this one. Yes. Cato, uh, dead on. There he is. Now, tell is us it? about his deformity. Oh, bucket foot. Old spittoon foot owl. He just got the nickname because when he would stride to uh, hit the ball, he'd always step toward third base. So he kind of had a wide open stance, I guess. Okay. Outfielder for 20 step. seasons. He's a two-time batting champ, two-time World Series champ. How have I not heard of bucket foot owl? Yeah. Okay. Ready for the next one? Yes. I don't know. Here we go. Scott, you kind of hit it on it. Tampa Red. Tampa Red. I, That's a cigar. Right. Baseball player or blues musician? Well, I don't. The Tampa part. I mean, this sounds like a musician because there's no actual name there. Yes. It's, you, uh, since Tampa it's Red like, had no last that, name. Is that part of like Pewter and Tampa Red? Is that part of the Buccaneers Tampa colors? Tampa Pewter was his partner. Uh, they yeah. Played great <laughs> music go. together. Um, I'm gonna go baseball because I already I already committed to it. I'll go musician. Go or, ahead. For no reason. Boom, musician. Okay. What is he playing? He plays a single-string slide like a style guitar. He plays the snowshoe. He plays a tortoise. He picks it up and strums it. It'll be turned into a Big Ten trophy. <laughs> he, his parent, he's from Georgia. His parents died when he was a child. He moved here to Tampa, oh. and he learned on the streets of Tampa to play the guitar. And side and second interesting fact, our own Jeff Tewksbury has an actual album by this guy. Get well, out of here. No, and Tewks has been looking. They cannot find that guitar. Well, that and they've been does trying not to surprise find me, guitar. actually. But Tewks knows yeah. the guy well. So, well, knows his music. <laughs> I mean, he's probably the 1800s, early no, 1920s. He played no. from the oh, 20s no. to the 60s. I, I, please oh, no. be careful in pronounce, how you pronounce, pronounce his, name. his name. Well, yes, it's Johnny Ugly Dickus, I will say. <laughs> That's no, not you what the graphic says. It says Dixus. Dixus. Okay. Ugly Dixus. Um, let's see. I'm going to have to, I, I mean, mu- musician. How many have you gotten so far? 
I think I'm what two for two. Two for two? No, you missed one. <laughs> I missed. I'm two for two. Uh, okay. Two and two. Two and two. Yeah, I think so. you're two and two. Yeah, uh, this guy is uh, again. They made fun of people's ugly deformities, so I think he's a baseball. <laughs> he's a baseball player for some reason. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. go baseball. Ooh, okay. Baseball. He is baseball. Uh -huh. Left fielder in the '30s and the '40s. Yeah. Uh, he's not that ugly. I've seen uglier. He, he Well, he called himself the ugliest man in baseball during okay. his career. Well, self, he, he's got a great sense of humor, self-deprecation. Well, I'd like to see the Dixus family photo. I bet he's not the ugliest well, there's Dixus. A <laughs> interesting story about his last name. That it, That's his original last name. His yeah. name that he goes by, you may have to look up to see, because an announcer one time during a game misannounced his name. I'm sure he did. And and that stuck with him, poor guy. So the ugly part of his yeah. nickname is maybe not the nickname part. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Johnny Ugly Dick. Oh, says, Johnny. Well, he Johnny had a tough Johnny. hand from, from the beginning. Yes, he did. He did. Last okay. one, Little Hat Jones. Well, that's definitely a musician. Uh, he wore a little teeny hat, like, remember in Living Color, uh, Damon yes. Wayans? <laughs> Two snaps and a twist. It was, one of those little, <laughs> it was one of those little teeny hat. It was a baby hat yeah. that he would wear on his head while he played the trombone. I, he had a really large head. It was a normal-sized hat. <laughs> That's his true. His head I was forgot. enormous. I, forgot <laughs> yeah. I think we're both on the same page. Yes, He's a musician here. Exactly. And Sean hit it. Boom. There he is. Jones. You both With got a normal-sized hat on. And, a, yeah. and an enormous guitar. Maybe he was just a little guy. <laughs> well, Little Hat got the name when he worked on a construction job. And he wore a hat that had part of it torn off, so he started calling him Little Hat Jones. All right. That doesn't sound safe. OSHA would not like that. No, OSHA would like it. That was, hat on a construction are, are, we, are we all done here? We're done. Okay. That's it. That was fun. I yeah, like that was the best thing Brian's ever come up with. I think Thanks, you, guys. I think you might have beat me on that one. I don't know. I we, came out of the gate strong, but uh, it, everything turned when we got to, to ugly. <laughs> ugly. Yeah. Everything yeah. turned ugly. <laughs> it got ugly from there. Very good. All right. Good program. Uh, thank you so much, BK. And uh, much, much thanks to our, our guest, Alexi Lalas. And uh, we will be tuning in to the World Cup. And by the end of this, you will be wearing, um, you'll be wearing an American flag running through the newsroom. I, I already do. But now I will do it for soccer. I think of all of our episodes, this was one of the 10 best. It's got to be. Yeah. You it's think a, it's, it's in, in the top there. 10? Yeah. Very it's in good. the top 10. All right. We'll see if it goes to 11. I'm not sure. Uh, to watch full-length episodes, head to fox13news.com slash nodpod. Like and subscribe. Follow us on all the socials. And, uh, again, immerse, submerse, enjoy. Until the next time we are on, there are no off days. Not even in Qatar. All right, little head Kato. <laughs> <laughs>